2: This is a podcast from Minute Media.
3: Welcome to the Sixer Sense podcast, hosted by co-site experts, Lucas Johnson and Christopher Klein. Hey everybody, what's up? I'm Lucas, I got Chris and you right here,
2: and welcome back to our podcast. We got a lot of basketball to talk about, Sixers basketball, and we're just going to jump into it today. Chris, go ahead and let's talk. Let's just jump into the last two games.
4: Yeah, let's do that. Um, we will talk about Tuesday's game first. That was a home matchup against the Bucks. It was a one eighteen to one o nine loss, second loss in a row for Philly, dropping them to eight and four on the season. Thirty one points, five boards, four dimes for Maxi to lead the way. This was a really a back and forth game. The Sixers had the lead at the end of the third quarter, but Giannis. Did Giannis on Dedecumpo things at the end of the fourth? It happens, um, and when you don't have Joel Embiid to counteract that, it it can be tough sledding. But what were some players who stood out for you, Lucas? Okay, I'm going to just take two here,
2: and I'm well. I mean, we could talk about Maxi, and that that just seemed. I mean, you already put out the stat line here it was fantastic. Nights like these make him look like he could be an All Star in the future. Don't know if that's what he'll ultimately end up being, but these are certainly encouraging numbers for the second year point guard. And then I, I also just got to give love to Andre Drummond. This guy has basically flamed out in the NBA a former all-star got traded for pennies on the dollar to Cleveland. Cleveland bought him out because they could not find a good enough trade for him.
4: And, and He flamed out in L.A. He comes to the Sixers. I mean, that's kind of the thing with this year's team, too, is there isn't really anybody who Sixer fans are mad at. I mean, like, Danny has gotten a lot of flack, but, like, really outside of him, everyone's pretty thrilled with how everyone is playing. Like, it's been a group effort all season. Everyone's stepping up. The bench looks good for the first time pretty much since Joel set foot on the court. Um,
2: this was basic, This was their bench unit in a starting five, minus Niang, because I guess he likes Niang coming off the bench.
4: Yeah, look, I mean, the Bucks are four and six. They're missing Middleton, DiVincenzo, guys like that. But this is basically the Sixers down four starters, including their top three players, four players really, against the reigning champs. And they hung in there, and they almost won. Um, the, the game really could have gone either way. We can talk about Paul Reed, who just did a fantastic job on defense, who's been playing really good basketball. Like unironically, has been just been really great. Um this was sort of a down game for Furkan, but it's like I'm not worried about it. He will be bound, he'll bounce back. He's a streaky shooter. It's yeah. okay. It happens. I mean, two of eighteen, not great, but you gotta someone has to take those shots when no one's healthy. Um You gotta take the good with the bad with them yeah it's fine, like I'm not worried about it. Another good shake game. Maxi was great, as you said. Niang had twenty one off the bench hit five of seven from three. Just a really strong effort all around um and Charles Bassey off the bench did not look bad in five minutes yeah so there there's really not a ton to complain about. It's an understandable loss, but it could have been a lot worse and in years past, if Joel and Tobias and Ben were all out, it would have looked a lot worse. I feel like so mm-hmm. Uh, really a lot of positives for me. Um, so Lucas, we'll just like straight out. Do you buy the concept of a moral victory and do you think this is a moral victory? Oh, this is totally
2: a moral victory. this is mm-hmm. I, I totally believe in moral victories. you get the you got those during the end of the process. I don't believe in the I didn't think there was any really at the beginning of the process, but towards the end, yeah, you get moral victories. This is definitely one of them because it shows that this bench unit, and i I know that we don't have a six man of the year candidate on this on, in this unit yet. I say that yet because I've written about Moss possibly getting into that mix. But this is a really deep bench unit. It probably, I would say, I think it's fair to say this is a top ten bench unit in the NBA, if not arguably top five in terms of just overall
4: depth. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to like pinpoint a team with a bench unit that has guys playing as well as Corkmass, Niang, and Drummond right now. Like that is. Really yeah, I mean, that's just a pretty special trio. Shake is joining that group too. Like they've just been playing out of their minds, minus this game for Furcon. But I, it's really hard to find something to complain about, which is rare after a second straight loss. So. Um, we can talk about the Knicks game, but that's yours, so we're going to switch gears.
2: Yeah, let's go ahead and just talk about this Knicks game really quick. Chris, was there any good takeaways from this Knicks game, considering that now the Sixers have
4: lost to the Knicks twice this season? Yeah, I mean, like, it's the same thing, right? The Knicks are a good team. They're a playoff team, maybe a home court advantage playoff team. Mm-hmm. Um, the Sixers, no Joel, no Tobias, no Ben. Um they did have Seth in this game, which helps a lot. Seth has probably maybe been their second best player this season. He had an off game in this game, though, too. But, yeah, like another really strong all-around group effort. The Sixers were in it pretty much down to the wire. Um, Drummond had 25 rebounds with 14 points and a couple blocks. Um you know, I mean, Maxi, not quite as flashy, but 16 9 and 5 with a couple steals, no turnovers. Like, another good Maxi game. Another good, I, I would say, a good Niang game. He didn't shoot the ball that well, but he, he did everything else. He's been the glue guy that he's been all season.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, so, really, not a ton of complaints. The Knicks are a good team, they're a very physical team. Danny Green had to guard Julius Randle for long stretches. That did was a, yeah. did a commendable job. Like yeah,
2: a as good as you good can. Job. Considering the height and size disadvantage, yeah. I mean Randall still had what was it? He he had a thirty-one triple double on pretty efficient shooting, but I mean I mean double double, not triple double. but still like Danny was sorely outmatched in that matchup.
4: Yeah. I mean two steals, three blocks for Danny. Hit a couple threes, like like he did what he could. Um, in thirty minutes, fresh off an injury too. That was his first game yeah. back, and you're playing Julius Randall, so he deserves a lot of credit there. I know Danny hasn't gotten a lot of credit from a lot of people this season, but he deserves credit for this game. So again, I, I'm kind of in like the moral victory lane here. Uh, yeah,
2: I agree. I think incredible. I think you're right. I think it is a moral victory, and. Chris, I got to ask you though, do we think that the Knicks have just a better all overall roster than the Sixers or, and if, if we do think that, do you think they'll can continue to give the Sixers problems from here on out?
4: Um, No, I don't like when, when healthy, no Sixers are better Um, with or without Ben. I think as long as Joel is playing like Joel and Tobias is out there, I think with what we've seen from the bench unit, the Sixers have as much depth and, versatility and flexibility as any team i i I would like pick philly over new york in a series but i do think the knicks are legit i they're much deeper this year i think all their offseason additions are for the most part panning out to varying degrees julius Randle looks like a guy who made second team all nba last season rj barrett has taken a step forward in a big way so I, I I think the Knicks are a really good team. As I said last time we played them, they they might be like a 2 or 3 seed. They're good enough to be up there. So um I don't think they're flat out better. I I think Philly, you know, before this COVID stuff with Joel was look, looked like maybe the best team in the league, but uh yeah, I think the Knicks are really good. So I'm going to say
2: this. Joel makes the Sixers the better team. Easily. But if you take Joelle out of that equation, Chris, it's 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 almost an even wash. Well, at yeah, at that point, like, it's like a, the star power is the player. difference. The, the 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 star power is the difference in this one. And yeah, it is down that's, to the best player. Joelle also is much better than Julius Randle. There's no doubt about that. But when you look at the overall collective depth outside of that. It's it's an even wash, and you could and I could see Nick's argument, or the Nick's argument for we have better overall talent, but we just don't have that superstar. Yeah, because I mean, are you? I mean, because Kemba Walker is still eighty percent of what he used to be, so he's still pretty good. Evan Fournier is no joke. Uh, Barrett's pretty good. Mitchell Robinson's a really good defender. So is Noel for you know their positions and Taj Gibson's still doing. Taj Gibson thing surprisingly at that at his age of what 36 who knows how old he is and then their depth I mean you still got Derek Rose who former MVP guess what he looks more complete as a player now than he did when he was an MVP um maybe not as athletic but everything else is better I would say in that regard um and then coming off the bench you still got Obi Toppin who's getting better um well, actually I can't think of who their their reserve wings are, but
4: I mean who, like Alec Burks quickly guys like that. Oh yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. They're they're solid too. Alec Burks, I mean, before he was looking like one of the best six men in Sixers, you know, recent history outside it'll be since like Lou Will. Like I mean, when he was there the two seasons ago. So I mean, I'm not saying that he's as good as Lou Will, he wasn't, but like he's a quality reserve. Like they got a solid bench and youth to grow like just like the Sixers. So, I mean, it comes down to star power and the Sixers have more star power, but the depth, I mean, yeah, Tobias Harris is probably better than RJ Barrett at this point out. If we look at the second star on this team, but like outside of the top two players, it's an even wash and you can make the argument that the Knicks are 10. It might be better.
4: Yeah. I mean, but like teams are both around stars that, I mean, like, of course, if you remove Joel, the Knicks are better. But, like, I what's the point? If the, if the Sixers lose Joel, they're not going anywhere this season. It'll be a lot of moral victories. But, like, when healthy, the Sixers have Joel and the Knicks don't. And I think that's the differentiator. I agree. We are going to talk about Joel Embiid, who is expected to miss at least 10 days due to COVID-19. Now, that came out a couple days ago. He's missed the Knicks and the Bucks game already. But we are expecting a bit of a lengthy absence here for the big fella. Um, It was reported, Doc Rivers said it flat out, that he is symptomatic and that he's not doing well, similar to what Tobias had to go through. Um, Came as a bit of a shock, I know, to Embiid. Ramona Shelburne said on on I believe the on ESPN just said like Embiid has been as careful as anyone in the league about you know keeping away from this stuff and taking the necessary precautions same with Tobias so it's really just unfortunate uh, for them personally that that has happened Um, but Lucas what were your thoughts um, when you heard the news how did you react what was your what were your feelings there?
2: Uh, I mean, I was genuinely shocked. Uh, I know that he was, you know, he had the vaccine, so this is a breakthrough case. And the fact that he's symptomatic on top of that is concerning for sure. Just showing that this virus is not going away anytime soon and people definitely still need to be careful. Um, a couple of months ago, my cousin lost her husband to COVID. So it's still very much real in that regard. Um, You know, we hope that both – well, all players affected with COVID right now and everybody in general have speedy recoveries. Um, But obviously there's – it was just kind of like, come on, man. Like, really – like, come on in the sense, like, you got to be kidding me. Him too? Like, it it feels like we have half the team on quarantine at this point. Not half. We have, like, four players, but still all rotational guys too, even Isaiah Joe. So it, it hurts the Sixers for sure. And, but I mean, consolation prize, this is exactly, I mean, not this particular situation, but Joel missing time is the exact reason why you bring in a guy like Andre Drummond to help kind of hold down the fort.
4: Yeah. I mean, obviously it's just super unfortunate for everyone involved. Um, for like Joel especially and, and Tobias but as you said uh, like the Sixers are better equipped now than ever to handle something like this we've seen it over the past few really all season like obviously they've lost the past couple of games like it's not breaking news they're not as good without Joel they're they a much more vulnerable team the guys are stepping up they're playing their butts off and they're getting really strong contributions up and down the roster from 10, 11, 12 guys which is just has not been the case in the past. Um, so that has certainly been like, I, I don't want to say a silver lining, but like it, it's been a positive and it, it's that that's just good news for when Joel does come back. Cause it means you can go 10, 11 deep and not really have to worry. So uh, do you have any more thoughts on that Lucas about what his absence means for the team? They're going to miss him for a few more games. They'll probably, what do you expect moving forward? Well, I mean, it's not just him missing. It's
2: three other players. Well, actually, Tobias might be able to make his debut, uh, get a return against the uh, Raptors this Thursday, tomorrow. We're recording on Wednesday night. Um, So, I mean, but that's still without two other rotational players. Possibly more Seth Curry still misses time. Um, But like I said, you do have Andre Drummond. He was an all-star just a couple years ago, and he's still in the prime of his career. He's putting up big numbers, impressive numbers, in Joel's absence. I mean, he, what? He's reached tw- 20 rebounds, what? Two out of the three starts that he's gotten so far? Mm-hmm. So, and he's averaging double-double pretty much as a starter. So, I'm not... I mean, he's going to, the Sixers are, you know, like you said, better equipped now than ever. Are they going to win? It's a rough road stretch that we're in right now. So I don't know that answer. (laughs) I hope so. But if they don't, I mean, the Raptors are playing really good. So maybe, I mean, and this would be the ideal game that Joel could punish their small lineup because they don't have a true big, but at the same time, the Raptors played Joel very well. So who knows? But I, I, they could squeak out a one or two without Joel with Andre, but it's going to be tough, especially not with a fully healthy squad and without the, you know, star level play of Joel uh, Ben Simmons or, you know, without his, uh, you know, fair trade compensation in his place. So there's that to consider as well. And we're going to talk about Ben Simmons because it wouldn't be a Sixers Sense podcast without talking about the man himself. And it was recently reported by uh, Shams Karenia of The Athletic first, I believe it was Shams before Adrian Wojnowski, um, that recently the Boston Celtics have inquired about Ben Simmons. The Celtics are struggling. They are below 500. They are outside of the playoff race right now. And so, and it was made clear um, in the report, two things. One, that there's no serious talks going on, but or not nothing fluid yet. Uh, everything's fluid, but no, 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 like concrete moving towards a deal yet. But the Sixers would also want Jalen Brown at any return trade. So, Chris, you think the Six? How how serious? Like, if we had to grade it, how serious do you think the Celtics are actually interested in getting Ben?
4: Um, I mean, I would assume pretty low. Um. Uh, I'm of all of the teams that have been mentioned, but Boston just it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Cause as you said, unless it's a trade built around like Marcus smart and Josh Richardson, which the Sixers will have no interest in, no. it's gotta be Jalen Brown, just like salary wise. It has to be Jalen Brown. Uh-huh. And Or, or Al, Al Horford. Cause you know, that worked so well last time. Yeah, so I, I just don't think Boston would truly have any interest in that. I, I don't think the gap between Brown and Simmons is as wide as a lot of people would probably make it out to be, but Brown certainly has the higher perceived value right now. He's averaging Hmm. 25 a game this season, obviously missing a little bit of time right now with a hamstring injury, but a a tremendous player. And I don't see any reason for Boston to rush into a trade, um, especially with Ben's value in the tank. So, um, like, if the struggles continue and if there's friction there, I know they've had like players only meetings and Marcus Smart called out Tatum and Brown, but that's been the like status quo in Boston's locker room for four or five years now. They have players meetings every season and they're, they keep chugging along. So I, I, I really don't expect anything that substantial to come of it. I, Also, like, do the Sixers really want to send Ben to Boston, like right down the road in division? I assume they prefer not to. Um, Now, if you're getting Jalen Brown back, you got to consider it. But I I just don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't
2: think it's going to happen because if you get Simmons, it's not to be the second star next to Jason Tatum. It's to be the third star next to Tatum and Brown. Um, that being said, I did write a recent article about what a potential Jalen Brown, Ben Simmons swap would look like. Everybody go check it out after you're done listening to the podcast or check it out while you're listening. Just don't, you know, turn off the podcast and check it out. Um, that being said, I mean, you could, the Sixers could make, add a, a little, I don't think they would need to add like as much as they would say for Damian Lillard. But you, you, they could add like, you know, first round pick, or, you know, young prospect, maybe another pick, either first or second round and get Brown plus filler. I think that's I think that's in the realm of possibility. But Chris, for something like that to happen, what would it take from Boston's side to make them want to take a chance on Simmons, especially given the parameters of which Philly would want to trade Simmons to them for?
4: Yeah, I mean it. It would, it would just it would take like some pretty significant friction between like Brown and Tatum and the rest of that team, and it would take Boston's front office being like these guys don't pass well enough. They're ball centric, ball dominant to an extreme, and we can't build a winning team around them. And we need to focus on Tatum. And maybe that does happen. I mean, Boston, Marcus Smart clearly seems to think there's an issue there, but. Like, I, I don't know. It's just, like, t- Ben's value is so warped at this point. Like, if we had this conversation six months ago, a lot of people might be saying Ben's the better player. Like, Ben is a really good, tremendous talent. And Jalen yeah. Brown is by no means perfect. Like, he, he's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, we beat on uh, weak side defense, not a good passer. Yeah, he's, like, clearly the second guy in Boston. Like, Tatum's several tears above him or at least like like brown's not perfect but i i just don't see it happening i think in the modern nba teams are going to value a wing who can score like brown does more than they will ben simmons especially after what they saw from ben in the playoffs um so even if it like even if you make the argument that like ben is a better fit there which people have made it certainly is an argument i guess but I just don't think Boston would agree. I don't think most people in Philly would agree. So, uh, Boston has all the leverage there Mm because Brown's value is higher. And I I just don't think it's going to happen.
2: Yeah, I I don't think it would happen either unless Boston gets really desperate and, you know, Darren Morey can can take advantage of a young uh, front office with, uh, you know, Brad Stevens there. That being said, and I'm not, you know, this isn't a Celtics spot, but if I was Celtics, instead of going for a guy like Simmons, who would be hard to get, this is what I would do. Marcus Smart clearly is not gelling with those guys. And I know he's supposed to be the, the, you know, the heart of that team, but every good thing must come to an end. I would trade Marcus Smart and try to get, you know, guy like Ricky Rubio, who's a pass-first point guard, plus assets, get somebody that can run that offense, and get everybody involved so that it's not just, you know, ball sticking with Tatum or Brown. That's what I would do. But mm-hmm. I'm not a Celtics guy, so maybe I don't know the team as well as they do. But that that would be the this the idea that I would think of anyway.
4: Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, you know, like Rubio's thirty one. I, I smart just signed a big contract. Obviously that
2: and it's actually the the money would match up pretty well, actually.
4: Yeah, no. Rubio's making a lot of money, but Smart's signed longer term than Rubio is. He's yeah. younger. I Smart's a better player than. Rubio. Well, Ricky, I mean, Rubio.
2: you could you could do uh, Jason Richardson. Uh, jo- not Jason Richardson.
4: God bless his soul. Miss him. Uh, Josh, Josh is Richardson. good. Yeah. Cleveland's not doing that trade. Like Cleveland hangs up the. Fight. They need. They need. They need more wing depth. They need Ricky Rubio way more than they need Josh Richardson. They only need Ricky Rubio
2: right now because Sexton's injured.
4: No, oh. Rubio's been playing like thirty minutes a night all year, and he's been a big part of why they're seven and four. Like, like Rubio's been awesome. And mm. no, like no, no not, I, I agree not with like they you. They have wings. They have Osmond, They have Acoro. Both those guys are better than Josh Richardson right now. I, I mean, I, Josh Richardson's not good, guys.
2: Okay, well, I, I'm just thinking of alternatives if you don't want to trade. You know, smart. Okay, I'm just saying there's a. Rubio would be the ideal guy if I was Boston that I would try to get, because it makes sense for him.
3: Okay, Lucas and Chris. The Sixers have only played 12 games, but let's go ahead and and look at some things that have developed over the past few games. So I'm going to give you guys a statement, and you're either going to buy the statement, in other words, you agree, or you're gonna pass on it because you're just not feeling it. Let's go with Chris first. Chris, Seth Curry, averaging fifty percent from three point line
4: the entire year. Um, I'm gonna pass just because that's like a virtually unheard of number. Just out of just for safety's sake, because it's not a good bet. I don't think.
2: For me, I'm not a betting man. If I if I lose, no big deal. If I win, I'm going to get a lot of money on that one. Figuratively, of course, we're not actually betting.
3: Okay. All right. How about we'll start with Lucas. And we saw how, I guess, energized he was the other night. I guess it was last night against Milwaukee. George Niang. 12 games as a Sixer. Will he become the most energizing bench player that the Sixers have? He already is. Oh, okay.
2: He already is. Very definitive answer there. I mean, because if you talk about like consistent bench player, then yeah, because Maz is jumping in and out of the starting lineup. Same thing with Shake. Same thing with Andre. But Doc has been steady about keeping Niang in the bench unit. Starting Paul Reed, who isn't won't be in the rotation once everybody's healthy again. No offense, Chris, um, over Niang. So I'm going to say Niang. I'm going to say Niang just because of his consistency. But obviously, there's going to be nights where you know corkmaz or Drummond or Shake goes off, and everybody's going to love it. But for now, it's it. it but consistently, it's going to be Niang.
4: Yeah, I mean, like not only is Niang like replacing the production and then some from mike scott but he's also like replacing like the spunk and the he's clearly like a fan favorite already and everyone loves him and that's kind of what we got with mike scott that first season or two um so he's really like checking all the boxes um as far as being like the new mike scott
2: but like so, you know less cussing and like more fun i, I don't know mike Scott was pretty fun i mean i'm not saying that he wasn't but like different type of fun like happy, yeah. he's he's a happy fun. Mike Scott was like
4: the mean type of fun. So oh please, Mike
2: I'm Scott. not saying that in a bad way. I'm just saying that there's two different types of fun here.
4: Yeah. Okay. Well, either way, Niang's great. I I certainly agree that he's kind of like the emotional leader of that second unit right now. So I'll I I buy it.
3: Yeah, I like I like when he's interacting with the crowd, putting his arms up. I I think that's I didn't expect that. But anyway, let's move on. Chris, we'll stay with you. Right now, uh, we all know that it's all about Embiid and Tobias as the number one and number two scorers. But after that, it could be argued that maybe Furkan could be the third best scorer, Seth Curry, and obviously Shake is coming on strong recently. But let's focus on Maxie. Chris, buy or pass Tyrese Maxie ending the season as the third best scorer?
4: So do we mean like just like he's going to average the third most points per game or do we – like you could argue that he's the best scorer even if he's not averaging the mm, most points. Let's points? Let's go with actual numbers. Like yeah. he will okay. actually
3: have the third okay. highest scoring yeah. average.
4: Okay. I, I certainly think it's possible. I'm going to pass. I think it's going to be Seth with the way things are going, but I certainly wouldn't count Maxi out.
2: I'm going to buy – and the reason why is that if we're, if we're saying that Seth is going to cool off eventually, then he's going to get close, closer to his career average career highs of like 12 points per game. I, I don't think he'll get quite that low, but you know, keeping it up at what is he at? Like 16 points per game, almost 17 points per game. And Maxi's literally only one point behind that curry cooling off a little bit. Totally possible. I, 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 and, maxi is getting better and better with each and every game i think we can all agree on that
3: so yeah
2: i'm buying it sure why not let chaos reign
3: all right this goes right back to lucas who likes the big man game let's go with andre drummond buy or pass andre drummond averaging double digit rebounds this season i'm gonna buy the guy's a
2: rebounding machine, one of the best rebounders in the NBA. In two out of three starts, he's at, he has had at least 20 rebounds, 25. First guy since Charles Barkley in a Sixers uniform to do that. Since Charles Barkley, we've had some good rebounders on this team. Mutombo, you had and Noel was no uh, slops. Joel, obviously. Ben, Like you've had some really good rebounders on this team since Charles Barkley. Yet Drummond, who was signed as a reserve big man, is doing getting these numbers. So, yeah, I'm I'm gonna say yeah, yes, he can average over ten rebounds. It's tough.
4: It will probably depend on how many games he starts, like how often is Joel missing time, etc. Because he wasn't averaging double digits before. He was at nine though. He was at nine, but nine's not ten, and. So I it depends on a lot of things. If if God forbid Ben Simmons comes back, we're probably gonna see less of Drummond, you know, stuff like that. But oh, well, I didn't consider that. Like, I I don't know. I'll pass conservatively, but he is at eleven per game right now. So that might not even be the right conservative choice. But I'll I'll pass. Chris, are you
3: buying or are you passing on Danny Green losing his starting spot this
4: season? um you know i'm gonna pass for now Ooh. and i'll explain it just because i i think part of that milwaukee game i think part of the th- thought process there at least like i didn't listen to any of doc's quotes so he could have like i right refuted this and i just missed it but like, it's, without Joel and without Tobias, you need more guys who can go out and create offense, and putting Shake in there and putting Furkan in there gives you that in ways that Danny doesn't. I think when Joel's back and Tobias is back and Seth is back, I, I think Danny will be in the starting five. Um, now, it's certainly possible. Like, he hasn't been quite up to snuff this season, um, so it certainly could be a Continued thing because Quakmas has been good and Niang has been good and Shake has been great and Matisse but... hasn't been bad either. Eh. <laughs> he kind of has though on offense at least. But like, like I, I'm going to pass for now. But I, it's not impossible again. I'm going to hedge my bets, but I'm going to pass. Um, I'm going to
2: be the bold one here. Maybe this is why I don't bet. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say <laughs> that he is. I think he is going to lose a spot. It's clear that he's lost a step. I mean, he's still pretty good despite losing that step, or at least half a step. But I think if if he misses, and, and injuries are starting to become a little bit of a concern. I know he, he he's only missed time once this season, but he did miss some time last season as well. So and he's getting older. Like I don't know. cork Maz has looked great. I I, I mean, if if you're asking me if if the Sixers might either go with Quarkmaas or Danny and or Matisse Theibel over Danny Green in the long term, I would say yeah, it could have it could start the season. I mean, maybe what this that bench unit needs is a stabilizing veteran outside of uh, Drummond. I mean, well, I guess you got that in the Yang, but you get what I'm saying. I, I, it could happen. It could happen. I'm gonna say I'm gonna buy it.
3: All right, uh, we'll stay with Lucas and we'll go to another bench player. Let's think about consistent scoring on the bench this year from now until June, hopefully June. We've seen players throw up duds, players have off nights, Yang doesn't always shoot the best, neither does shake, and (laughs) Drummond is really not that reliable unless he's tipping the ball in near the basket. Let's focus on Korkmaz, Lucas, Do you buy or do you pass Korkmaz being the most consistent bench scorer this year? I'm going to pass. I love Korkmaz,
2: but me and you talked about when we hosted the podcast by ourselves last, he's still not consistent enough. Okay. And that's the reason why he got the contract that he did. And I'm going to say, if I'm going to put my money on somebody being the most consistent, it's probably going to be Yang. Because even if his shot isn't falling, he's still impacting the game other ways where Korkmaz really can't. So,
4: that has nothing to do with being the most consistent score. Well,
2: I I just feel more comfortable about Niang. Like, Moss can go on a five-game cold spell. Niang will only have maybe one or two-game cold
4: spell. So, yeah, that's how I feel about it anyway. Chris? Yeah, I mean, again, it's like defining the term consistent is a little... I don't know, ambiguous hard to do but Korkmaz does have those kind of big up and down swings in ways that other players on the bench won't um like Niang is averaging half a point more per game right now which if you told me that blind I, I wouldn't have known that I'd be kind of surprised like Niang is putting up some points and Milton is right now like a shade above Furkan too he's been really good so I, I, I will say he, he certainly has competition. I, I think Moss is definitely going to have the most, like, big explosive nights. I don't think yeah. there's really any doubt about that. That's He'll fair. probably be the quote-unquote best bench scorer. I would say he is. But is he, like, most consistent? I guess not. So I'll I'll pass, too.
3: But... But don't you think that most consistent, you could attribute that to shooting percentage as well as a higher scoring I mean,
2: I mean, but I'm pretty sure
3: Yang shoots a better percentage than Korkmaz. I can pull it up real quick. But he's not going to average more points. Is he going to average more points than Korkmaz? He is right now. He is? He's currently doing it. Okay. (laughs) All right. Coming your way, Chris. Buy or pass? Matisse Theibel will end the season as the Sixers leader in both steals and
4: blocks. Uh, Yeah, buy all the way. He, he did it last season. Like it's gonna be the norm. I <laughs> it's like not even a it's there's really no controversy in saying that. Like unless Embiid has a crazy season blocking shots, which he hasn't really done since his rookie year. Drummond's not gonna get enough minutes to try, so Yeah. It it's it's Matisse all the way. Uh that is assuming he like keeps his spot in the rotation, which until Ben comes back, there's really no risk of him losing. If Ben so, yeah. comes back.
2: Uh yeah, I'm gonna agree with Chris that it's it's not, there's no argument to be made here. It's pretty it's pretty simple. He did it last year. There's no reason to believe that he won't do it again. Joel's you know anchoring the defense, but impactful, especially on the perimeter, Dybels more active and we'll fill the box score up more than
3: Joel or anybody else. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. And the final statement, Lucas, it's all about Embiid. Uh Uh-huh. Our star player, knight in shining armor, bum knee and all by or pass Joel Embiid will play three fourths of the season, which is basically more than 62 games. Pass.
2: If it if if COVID wasn't an issue, then yeah, I would buy it. But COVID is an issue. It was COVID was an issue last year. It's an issue again this year. He's already missing. He's going to end up missing what ten ga- days. So that's like five or six games. I'm not exactly sure the exact number, but he's already missed two games plus another scheduled day. That's three. I don't trust the knee. I don't and. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say so I'm gonna pass and I'm gonna say it's gonna be under.
4: Yeah. Um I don't know. It feels weird to like predict whether or not he's gonna get hurt, you know. It it it's certainly in the cards with him. That's just the nature of Embiid being as big and physical as he is and having his injury history. Um you know, he has shown this year before the COVID stuff that he's going to try to play if he can, especially with Ben sitting out. Like, if Joel can be out there, he's going to be, um, whether that's the right choice or not, for the like, from a team perspective or from an individual perspective, frankly. He's been out there in games where we've said, oh, he shouldn't be out there. <laughs> so he certainly seems determined to play as many games as he can and to help this team win as many games as they can. But I'm, I guess I'm with Lucas – i'll pass i think he's gonna miss a pretty decent chunk um even once he gets back from covid he has to work his way back into shape and stuff it's gonna gonna be a process so i'll i'll pass
0: oh
3: i guess that's it
2: Uh, yeah i guess well on that note i guess our podcast is all finished up chris you want to go ahead
4: and play us out yeah um to all our listeners, as always, thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of the Six Your Sense podcast. As always, please like, subscribe, follow along, give us a rating if you can, let us know how we're doing, let us know what you want to hear us talk about next. We would greatly appreciate it. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, Google Play, or at our website, thesixorsense.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Six Your Sense. You can follow us. At Lucas Johnson NBA, at Klein NBA, at UY. Uri, what's your Twitter handle? It's UY760. <laughs> you right? should
3: know it
2: by now. I tweeted. No, it's a mouthful, Chris. Uri, make so, it a little oh bit God. more simpler for us. Come on, I, guys.
3: I, it's my initials. Okay, I
4: had it right. It's UY760. Yeah, no, it's not. Vo. Okay. Thank I'm sorry.
3: you. V-O. you All right. Let me clear the air here. <sighs> UY76 v o okay my initials seven six for the
4: sixers and my birth year and voiceover because i do voiceover so
3: there you all go right.
4: i'm sorry it was the v that got me hung up i knew about the o um okay
3: <laughs> thanks for including me chris you're feel special so special yeah, of
4: course, <laughs> of
2: course um, you're an really important part of the team
3: yeah
4: all right um yeah so beyond that um Lucas, how's your fantasy team doing this week? I haven't cracked <laughs> <laughs> He's losing to yours truly. <laughs> okay, um, to all the listeners, things as always. Wait, he didn't even You're respond. Hurtful. You're you oh, there. We
3: go. Hurtful. I was waiting for that. You know, he's you guys are hurtful. I'm sorry. He brought it up. I'm just <laughs> backing him up.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, it's I'm to dumb. Uriah. That's even worse. Uh, I'm um, leaving. Whoa, Hi, I act like you've been there, bro.
3: I have been here. Not you. I'm talking about Chris. <laughs> okay. I'm <talking> about Chris. <laughs> All right. This let's get to work. Can
2: we finish this up so I can go, yeah, pout, go. like pout about this by myself, right. please? Put down, <laughs> like, the, put down the alcohol, Lucas. I don't drink when I'm okay. mad or sad.
3: Okay. All right. But do you drink when you're losing?
2: I'm looking at you a certain way. We don't see each other right now, All but I'm looking at the screen right now.
4: We wrap this up. <laughs> is that there are 8 players in our fantasy football league and only one team has fewer than 4 wins 9 games into the season. Uh, okay, okay. I'm just anyway, say, okay. you oh,
3: thinking of fantasy football too.
4: All right, so I oh gosh, can we please just stop?
2: I'm leaving. Anyway, I'm about we'll to take back. off my headset.
4: We'll be back early next week to talk more Sixers and more fantasy basketball. Until then, uh, we're gonna keep poking fun at at poor Lucas. Um, we'll we'll talk to y'all then. Thanks everyone.